0: Good morning, and welcome to Christ Central. My name is Owen. I get to serve as one of the pastors here. If you're joining us for the first time today, welcome to our church. We're so glad that you're here. Or maybe it's the first time in a long time. In that case, welcome back. We're so glad uh, that you're back with your church family. Well, today is our Vision Sunday. Now, typically in the past, we've had Vision Night on a Saturday night, uh, Uh, Before our ministry, uh, kickoff Sunday. But this year, we decided to try something different. Instead of having vision night on a Saturday night, we're going to do it on a Sunday. And the reason for this is I can give you two reasons. The first is we're hoping that more people would be able to attend a vision Sunday than a vision night on a Saturday night. And second, it allows us to separate these two events so that vision night and fall kickoff doesn't happen in one weekend... Uh, We're able to now have Vision Sunday today, and next week have our fall kickoff Sunday. And we're doing Vision Sunday as an all-church Sunday because we wanted everybody in our church, children, the youth, and the teachers, to be able to hear the vision for the upcoming year. So one of the big things that we do on Vision Night or Vision Sunday is to introduce the new ministry theme for the upcoming year. And here is the new ministry theme for this year. Walking as Children of Light pursuing truth and beauty in a time of confusion and distortion. So this is what I want to do today. In my sermon, I want to briefly explain what we mean by our ministry theme and why we chose it, and then I'm going to close my sermon by talking about um, introducing to you a four sermon series that we've planned this year, all designed around this ministry theme. And then I'll close by talking about the three focus areas that our elders have prayerfully determined for our church this year. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse 7 to 12, and you're going to see that our ministry theme is anchored and comes from this text. Uh, People of God, this is the word of our God. Would you please give it your careful attention? Starting from verse 7. Therefore... For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. In our culture, there is great confusion and distortion when it comes to figuring out what is good, what is right, what is true, and what is beautiful. And that's because there's so many different voices that give so many different answers. So the million-dollar question for us today is this. Who gets to determine what is good, right, true, and beautiful? Who gets the final and the ultimate say on the matter? Does your favorite social media influencer or your favorite celebrity or your favorite podcaster get to determine what is good, right, true, and beautiful? Or is it your political party or your favorite politician? Or is it your favorite philosopher or professor or author? Or does your ethnic heritage and culture get to determine what is good, right, true, and beautiful? Does the majority opinion get to determine that? Do your parents get to determine that? Or does your family's values get to determine what is good, right, and true, and beautiful? Or do you get to determine what's good, right, true, and beautiful for yourself? Does, they, does everyone get to decide that for themselves, to each their own? Today, I want to ask you this question directly, not hypothetically, but to you directly. So who gets to determine this for you? Here's the thing, we all let someone or somebody determine what is good, right and true and beautiful for us, even if that someone is ourselves. But as Christians, as children of God, as children of light, we believe that God and God alone gets to determine what is good, right, true and beautiful. And God has told us and in his inspired an authoritative word, What he says is good, right, true, and beautiful. And as Christians, as children of light, we are to joyfully believe and embrace what God says. So here's the outline for my sermon today. First, um, our old identity. Second, our new identity. And third, our new walk. Our text touches on all of these things. First, let's start with our old identity. Verse 8 tells us, what our old identity was, who we used to be. At one time, we were darkness. We used to be darkness. You see, we didn't just live in darkness. We we're not just walking in darkness, but we were darkness. You see, God is pure light, and we were cut off from God. We were blind to the glorious light of God. We were blinded by the evil one, and we lived in darkness and in ignorance, and we did what was right, each of us, what was right in our own eyes. We went along with the world, a world that is opposed to God, a world that is hostile to God. We walked in darkness, meaning that we lived not to please God but to please ourselves. That's what it means to walk in darkness when you live to please yourself and not God. Now, for some of us, walking in darkness and pleasing ourselves looked like living rebelliously and recklessly because what pleased us was freedom and freedom and authenticity. What pleased us was to do whatever we wanted and we didn't care what anyone thought or said about us. But for most of us, hardworking, good Asian Americans, walking in darkness and pleasing ourselves looked like living religiously and responsibly, because what pleased us was respectability and financial stability. What pleased us was being successful and socially respectable, so it pleased us to work hard and to make sacrifices to get those things. But no matter how we lived on the outside, whether morally or immorally, whether responsibly or irresponsibly, whether religiously attending church or irreligiously avoiding church, we all lived to please ourselves and not God. And that's what it means when we say that we walked in darkness and all of us have. You see, you can walk in darkness as the younger reckless son who spent his fortune in the world, And at the same time, you can also walk in darkness as the elder responsible son who spent his entire life in the church. Now, the two sons couldn't seem more different on the outside, but on the inside, they were exactly the same. They were both darkness, and they both walked in darkness. Christ Central, at one time, we were all darkness, and we all walked in darkness. So that is who we were. That, is our, that was our old identity. We were at one time darkness. Second, let's consider now our new identity, who we now are. Verse 8 not only tells us our old identity, but it also tells us our new identity. It tells us, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That is who we are now. We are light in the Lord. We are children of light. You see, we're not just in the light. We don't just walk in the light, but we are light. We are children of light. Now, this new identity that we have as light is not given to us because we have been able to live better or godlier lives. Our new identity as light is not based on our good works or because we've tried so hard to be good. Our new identity as light has nothing to do with us or what we've done. The transformation of our identity from darkness to light, happened in the Lord. That means through faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been united to Christ. We have been brought into union with Christ. And because Jesus is the light of the world, and because we're now in union with him, we are now light in the Lord. Because of our union with the one who is the light of the world. You see, it is by the grace of God and not our goodness that we have become light in the Lord Jesus. So the bad news is that we were at one time darkness and we used to walk in darkness. But the good news is this, that Jesus, the light of the world, came into the world to make us light and to give us the freedom and the joy and the blessing of living and walking in the light. The gospel says that whoever believes in Jesus, no matter how they've lived, whoever believes in Jesus, the light of the world, they will become light in Jesus and they will be delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of glorious light. So this is our new identity in Christ. We are light in the Lord. We are children of light. That is who we are now our new identity in Jesus. Next, let's consider our new walk. We are now to walk according to our new identity. Verse 8 says that we are now to walk as children of light. Our walk is our way of thinking and living, our way of believing and behaving. And the Apostle Paul says... That our walk now, our believing and our behaving, our thinking and our living, must now conform to our new identity. We must now walk as the people of light. We must think and live. We must believe and behave as those who belong to the kingdom of light. So what does that mean? To walk as children of light. Our text tells us it entails two things. First, it means to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Because Jesus is the Lord, because Jesus is the Son of God and the King of the universe, Jesus alone has the ultimate authority to determine what is good, what is true, what is right, and what is beautiful. And to discern what is pleasing to the Lord Jesus means to discern what he says is good, right, true, and beautiful. You see, the things that please the Lord Jesus, the holy one, the wise one, the loving one, those things are by definition good, right, true, and beautiful. And where does the Lord Jesus reveal what he says is good, right, true, and beautiful? Well, Jesus reveals his will through his word, the Bible. This is where we find and hear what Jesus says is good, right, true, and beautiful, And as children of light, we are to listen to what Jesus says in his word. And we're to believe and to embrace what he says is pleasing to him. What he says is good, right, true, and beautiful. You know, at the end of the day, we don't listen to our culture. We don't even listen to our parents. Nor do we listen to ourselves when it comes to determining or discerning what's good, right, true, and beautiful. We listen to the Lord Jesus. Because Jesus is the Lord, we privilege what he has to say. Above your favorite politician, above your favorite influencer, above even your parents, above even yourself, you listen to what Jesus says, not what anyone else says. And when you do that, when you seek what is pleasing to the Lord Jesus, what you end up doing is you end up pursuing the things that are good and right. And true and beautiful. Second, to walk as children of light means to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead, even to expose them. We're no longer to go along with the darkness, believing and behaving as if we still lived in darkness. We're no longer to conform or to fit in with the darkness. We're no longer to participate or to take part in the works of darkness. But not only that, not only are we not to take part in the works of darkness, but Paul says that we have to even expose them. We're to unmask the works of darkness and we're to expose them for what they really are. You see, works of darkness are unfruitful, harmful, and degrading, and they are not good, not right, not true, and not beautiful. Now, in our culture... This is really hard to do, isn't it? In our culture, the only truly wrong thing you could ever do or say is to say that something is wrong. Because if you do, you'll be accused of imposing your version of the truth, your version of morality upon everyone else, and you'll be accused of being arrogant, oppressive, and intolerant. But you know, when we expose a work of darkness as evil and wrong, we don't do it with a judgmental, self-righteous, and hate-filled heart and attitude, as if the goal is to shame and to bash those who participate in them. Not at all. When we expose the unfruitful works of darkness, we do so with humility and love. First, we do so with humility because we, we know that we ourselves were once darkness and we once participated in the works of darkness and it's by the sheer grace of God that we have been delivered from that. So there is no pride or arrogance, but humility. And second, and more importantly, we do so with love. Love is our motivation. Our motivation isn't to bash people. Our motivation is to point people to a better way to things um, uh, how they ought to be, things that are truly good, truly right, truly true, and truly beautiful. You see, with our walk, with our words, and with our lives, we want to show the world a better way, a more beautiful way, a more compassionate way, a more dignified way to be truly human. That's what it means to walk as children of light as we seek to please the Lord Jesus, as we seek those things that are truly good, truly right, truly true, truly beautiful, and as we expose the works of darkness as being unfruitful, harmful, and degrading. Let me give you a practical example of how this works abortion is an unfruitful work of darkness. Do you realize, just for saying that, I could be canceled. I could be accused of being patriarchal, misogynistic, oppressive, and woman-hating. Just by saying that abortion is an unfruitful work of darkness. So what does it mean to walk as children of light when it comes to the issue of abortion? First, It means that we do not take part in that unfruitful work of darkness. It means that children of light do not have abortions because abortion is an evil and unfruitful work of darkness. That's the first. We don't partake in that. We don't participate in that. Second, it means that we expose abortion for what it is and what it does. Abortion is the unjust and brutal murdering of preborn babies in the womb. That is what it is. And abortions don't just kill babies in the womb, but they also harm the women who have them. Abortions cause great harm, great trauma, both physical and psychological, to the women who have them. We must expose abortion and show how destructive and how degrading it is not only for the child, not only for the women, but for our society as a whole. But here's the problem. Most Christians and churches stop here. We can't stop here. Third, and most importantly, we must also seek what pleases the Lord Jesus. Could it be that what pleases the Lord Jesus is more and more Christians and churches adopting and caring for unwanted babies? Could it be that what pleases the Lord Jesus is more and more Christians and churches showing beautiful compassion and sacrificial support to fearful mothers who feel or felt like they had no other choice? Could it be that what pleases the Lord Jesus this costly love shown both to preborn babies and to their mothers. Dear church, wouldn't that be good and right and true and beautiful? You see, when the children of light seek to please the Lord Jesus, they show the world a better way, a more beautiful way, a more humane way to be a society, to be human. That, my friends, is how we let our light shine in the darkness, to not only expose the ugly in the darkness, but also to point to something better, more beautiful, something that pleases the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means to walk as children of light in the darkness. So what? Let me wrap up my sermon. Um, by going back to our ministry theme and how we're going to support it this year. So the theme this year is Walking as Children of Light, Pursuing Truth and Beauty in a Time of Confusion and Distortion. And this ministry theme will be unpacked and fleshed out through four sermon series that we have planned for you this year. The fall series, which begins next Sunday, is going to be called Getting the Gospel Right. In this series, we're going to study the book of Galatians, and uh, in that letter, the Apostle Paul sought to correct confusion and distortion when it came to the gospel. You see, the churches in Galatia were getting confused about the gospel because false teachers had come into the churches and began to teach a false and distorted gospel to the church. And Paul wanted the Galatian churches to get the gospel right because to get the gospel wrong meant to live in bondage and in darkness and to be robbed of the joy and the freedom that Christ intends for his redeemed people. And even today, it's easy for Christians and churches to get confused about the gospel or to believe a distorted gospel which will rob us of our freedom and our joy in Christ. So the goal of this series, this fall series, is to get the gospel right so that we can live in the freedom and the joy of the gospel that Jesus wants us to have as his people. The spring series, our second series, will be called... Uh, This is actually our spring winter series will be called addressing confusion and distortion in the church and in the culture. This will be an ambitious series as we will seek to address some very controversial, polarizing and uncomfortable issues of our day. First, we will address confusion and distortion in the church. We will address issues like spiritual abuse in the church sexual immorality in the church, and deconstruction in the church. We will also address issues of race and gender and politics and how they relate to the church because there is so much confusion and distortion in not understanding how those issues relate properly to the church. Second, we will address confusion and and distortion in our culture. We will address issues like homosexuality, abortion, and transgenderism, and we will learn to think about those issues from a biblical perspective as we seek to listen to what Jesus has to say about those issues from his word. The All Church Series will be called The Truly Blessed Life. Uh, there is confusion about what the truly blessed life is. There is what our culture says is the blessed life. There is what your parents say is the blessed life. There is what you say is the blessed life. But what does Jesus have to say is the truly blessed life? We're going to consider the words of Jesus. We're going to consider the Beatitudes of Jesus, where he tells us in this Sermon on the Mount what the truly blessed life is and... Spoiler alert, it's probably not what you think. Jesus' definition is very different than our culture's definition, or probably your definition. Now, this series will take place on the last Sundays of the month when we have our all-church worship services. The fourth and final series is the summer series, which we're going to call Doctrines That Change Your Everyday Life. Sadly, in the modern church, Not only is there biblical illiteracy, but there is also doctrinal illiteracy. And because the modern church is so weak on basic theology and doctrine, we don't really know how our doctrine is supposed to shape and impact how we live our everyday lives as Christians. So in this series, we'll study some key Christian doctrines from the Bible, and we'll seek to not only understand those doctrines, but to see how those doctrines ought to shape and impact how we live our everyday lives as Christ followers. So those are the four sermon series that we've planned for this ministry year And again, they will seek to unpack and to flesh out our ministry theme, which is walking as children of light, pursuing truth and beauty in a time of confusion and distortion. Now, let me quickly close by addressing or sharing with you three focus areas. Uh, that our elders of our church have prayerfully determined uh, were going to be important for us this year. A focus area is simply an area either we think it's really, really important at this uh, juncture in our church's life and history, or it's an area of weakness where we long to see improvement. Either way, uh, they require special attention, special focus, special energy, and special care. Therefore, much of our ministry planning this year has been done with these three focus areas in mind. Here's focus area number one, which we're going to call the hundredth sheep. Uh, Jesus told a beautiful parable about a shepherd who left his 99 sheep to go after the one sheep that wandered away and got lost. And that sheep that wandered away was the hundredth sheep. And the shepherd loved the hundred sheep. You see, the flock was incomplete without the hundred sheep. And so the shepherd went and found the lost hundred sheep and brought it back home to the flock. During and after COVID, many of our church members and regular attenders have stopped attending our church and stopped being involved in the life and ministry of our church. Now, some of those members have joined another church for which we're very grateful because they're still walking with the Lord, serving the Lord, and they're part of a church family. But some have stopped attending church or being involved in the life of the church altogether. Functionally, they are no longer walking with Christ in any meaningful way. Friends, they are the hundred sheep at Christ Central. Jesus loves them. And he wants us to go after them with love, to pursue them, and to bring them back home to him, to be a part of his flock. You see, the flock is incomplete without them. So, this year, for all of us, every man, woman, and child, if you have friends, were once faithful members of our church who were once faithful regular attenders of our church but for whatever reason have stopped attending any church at all who have functionally become de-churched the focus area here is this for every member of our Christ Central family to lovingly pursue them and to seek to bring them back uh, back to the fold think about your friends that were once here But they are not here anymore or at any church. They are our hundred sheep. May the Spirit of Christ give you a holy burden of love on your heart so that you go after them to bring them back home to Christ and to his church. And let me say this. And when our friends who have been away for a long time... No matter what the reason is, when they do return home, let's make every effort to welcome them with joy and gladness with no questions asked. Because isn't that how the father welcomed back to his younger son with gladness and joy? No questions asked. He didn't pepper a son with questions, he just received them back with joy. And so when you see them in the parking lot or in the foyer or in the sanctuary, uh, don't greet them by saying something like this. So, where have you been? What's wrong with you? Don't do that. But rather greet them by saying something like this Oh, it's so good to see you. We've missed you. And we're so glad you're back home. Welcome back. And give them a big hug with a big smile because you're genuinely glad that they're back. No judgment. No questions asked. Focus area number two. Empty nesters and those in their 50s and above. One of the fastest growing groups at our church is this group, empty nesters and those who are 50 and above. You see, every time a family sends a child off to college, every time someone turns 50, this group continues to grow. In fact, in the next 10 years, this may become the largest group at our church. And so we want to start focusing on this group so that we can better minister to this group and, and equip this group to, to be spiritually fruitful in this season of their lives. Now, to that end, I have an exciting announcement. We have officially begun or began begun, a, a new ministry at our church, which we're calling the Legacy Ministry. Now, the goal of the legacy ministry is to encourage and equip our empty nesters and our older members to leave a spiritual legacy for the next generations of Christ Central. Now, Deacon Brandon Yee and his wife Laura have graciously accepted the invitation to serve as the legacy ministry coordinators. Uh, They have been longtime members of our church and they have faithfully served our church. Uh, with great fruitfulness for many years so please pray for deacon brandon and and laura and for the legacy ministry that it would serve the older members of our church well focus area number three i'll be done soon is this volunteer retention and recruitment during and after covid um, churches across america have struggled to retain its volunteers or to recruit new ones And we have the same struggles at our church. We have had struggle and difficulty in retaining and recruiting new servant volunteers at our church. Um, Every ministry at our church needs more servant volunteers. Um, Let me give you one practical example. Um, Do you guys like having coffee and donuts on Sundays? I'm sure you do. I do. Uh, We would like to serve coffee and donuts every Sunday. But we can't because we don't have enough volunteers to serve we have the funds to do it, but we don't have the hands to prepare it, and so we need more volunteers, right? And, and, and as Susan mentioned during our announcements, we will have uh, we'll be having our empowerment fair today after each service. So if you're not. Yet using your gifts to serve the church today would be a great opportunity to see uh, the various places where you could use your God-given gifts, whether it's speaking gifts or serving gifts, to to serve one another and to build up our church family. So go outside after the service, check out the boots. A lot of boots have candy or whatever little goodies there. Uh, Pick everything up, ask questions, learn about the ministries, and find a way this year for you to get plugged in and to use your gifts to serve our church. Now, if you have any questions, look for people who are wearing this T-shirt, right? There's a lot of us wearing the Empowered T-shirt. Now, by the way, the word empowered doesn't mean we're empowered to to, to dominate or empowered to rule, but we're empowered to serve. And every one of us, we're empowered to serve, and and we want to help you get empowered to use your gifts to serve the church and to serve Christ. Okay, Christ Central. Today is our Vision Sunday. Today we got a glimpse and a preview of what is to come, Lord willing. Our ministry theme is walking as children of light, pursuing truth and beauty in a time of confusion and darkness. And we pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells us, that we would indeed be able to walk as children of light to the glory of God and to the blessing of the world. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you have made us your children. You have made us children of light. We who were once darkness, you saved us and you delivered us from the domain of darkness and you transferred us into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of your son, Jesus. And we pray now that you would bless our church this year, that with your help, your power, your presence, that Christ Central might shine as stars in a dark and perverse generation, that we would show the world a better way to live, a more humane, a more dignified way to live, a way that pleases you, a way that promotes that which is good, true, right, and beautiful. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Chris Central, would we be... rise?